0: Hi, I'm Petrina Gentile and welcome to Invested in Our New Reality, Invest Ottawa's podcast for business leaders and entrepreneurs. This season, we're focusing on the thriving automotive tech industry here in the nation's capital. And today we're chatting with Jorge Pantoa. He's the CEO of jplug.io. It's a company which helps people living in condominiums and multifamily dwellings have easy access to electric vehicle charging stations. Jorge is here to tell us all about it. Welcome to the podcast. Jorge, when you came to Canada from Ecuador, you wanted to buy an electric vehicle, but you were startled by how difficult the process was to charge an EV if you live in a condominium or a residential building. Can you tell us more about that experience and how it helps spur your current focus at jplug.io?
1: Yes. Uh, so hi, Petrina. Thank you for having me here today. Uh, I'm glad to be in this podcast that basically has a lot of the companies that I follow around here in the a tech entrepreneurship area or ecosystem in in Ottawa. Um, so to answer your questions, yes. Uh, when we originally moved uh, from Ecuador in South America, it's where I'm originally from. One of the things that I wanted to get was an electric vehicle initially, um, because I was tired of paying uh, gas prices. All my previous vehicles were gas and diesel, and um, I wanted to just try this technology that wasn't available uh readily available in this in, in my country. So um I said, okay, let's uh let's see what's available in the market. So we got our, our house, uh, our condominium initially, and then uh we also got a car that we had to wait for a little bit to get. Uh we got an electric car. And um and then one of the things that a real estate agent was asking us is like, so how do you plan to charge the car? then it clicked me it's like, huh, like I saw it, well, in my parking space. And she was like, well, there is an outlet in your parking space that you can use, um, but I think it's meant for something else. Like, I don't know if you're going to be able to use it. And like, I naively thought, yes, this is going to be fine. Like, this is something that I don't think, I don't foresee any problems. Like from my point of view, I thought like, so I'd say, like, no, we're in Canada. This is, uh, this is, a advanced, uh, society where people are more used to or, or, or are basically more, uh, uh esp- exposed to technology than what we are. And they adapt technology faster. So in my head, everything was like, okay, great. Like, I don't think honestly, this is going to be a problem. So the car came, uh, we plugged, I plugged the car. And the funny thing was that, uh, the next day, I hear people like walking around the car and they were like looking at the car. I was like, Oh, what is this car doing here? Like, are are they plugging into the wall right now here in the in the parking lot? This is that's a big no no. They're gonna fry the circuits of the car. These these electric vehicles use so much power. They these batteries are so big. This is this is unacceptable. Somebody has to to do something because it's not you're not supposed to be doing this. So I was like, wow, like, I, and I was listening from my from from my from my balcony, and I said, I said to my wife, well, I'm just gonna go down there, and uh, and clear people's thoughts about it. It's like, uh, my background is in is in aerospace engineering. I I've had like I've been exposed to. Electric vehicles, other kinds of electric vehicles, drones, autonomous drones for like more than ten years, and and I was a university professor as well for like four years. So I said, okay, let's hear what are their doubts um, to see basically what is what is on their heads, so that we can clear their um, clear basically their any doubts that they might have around it around it. So that's what I did. Went down and then I asked them, look. Um, Like this car is using the regular outlet, 120 volts, pulling 15 amps. This is the charger that you have right now. This charger is no longer, it's it's almost the same as the charger that you use to charge your computer, your cell phone at home. Like it's not demanding any more electricity from the circuit. So this is, and then you can touch it. Look, it's not even heating up. So this is not gonna fry the circuits of anyone. And if you would like, I can show you how to calculate how much electricity this car is actually using. And I came out with a rough estimate of around 20 to $25 a month. So I said, look, like, then this is just not a good, this, this is not a, a big problem. So, um, and then I said, then I, one of the, one of the neighbors told me, hey, look, like, you know, the previous uh, board of directors actually, And he's, uh, they had a bigger problem with electric cars. And he had this, this neighbor had an electric car and he started plugging it and to wake up every morning with his car unplugged. And at one point, they actually, the cable was even cut. So I was like, wow, like this is, this is a serious problem. And like, if me, well, I was able to refute the questions, but not everybody's so technical around. So everybody haven't been to an engineering school, so they might need to understand what is actually needed for an electric car to charge. And then I said, well, if really we are, I'm, I'm, I'm moving into electric mobility because of many reasons. Economical, I'm tired of like uh, maintenance costs, gas, gas costs and everything. But on the other side, yes, I, I'm also moving into electric mobility because it's more sustainable. And I see that here in Canada, they are supporting this so much, but you got a big rebate to get their car. Like, there is an incentive that the government and everybody is moving towards it. And now, like, there is a big amount of the population in the country that lives in condominiums. So it really makes sense for, uh, it makes sense that people living in condominiums have to be able to charge, uh, their electric cars at home. So yeah, and then, I it just clicked me. Like this is something that is needed. That according to the population surveys, you can see that around forty percent of the population in Canada lives in condominiums. So or high-rise buildings in general. So this is something that it is needed. And if almost half of the population cannot or doesn't have an easy transition towards electric mobility, how are we actually going to achieve this? So that's basically how the idea or the motivation to go for, uh, to create JPlug I.O. came
0: out. But installing that electrical vehicle um, charging station requires um, different obstacles when you're living in a condo than other, you know, development projects. And I've spoken to a lot of people um, in, in the Toronto area for the Globe and Mail talking about how frustrating it is for them and how costly and expensive it is for them. To get through this process of installing in a condominium, I never realized that it could take months to get a charger installed uh, and cost thousands of dollars. Um, and that's in addition to other obstacles, right? So, so walk me through why it's so more. Why is it so much more difficult in a condo than a residential home?
1: In a in a condo, you have many different things. So, like the residential house it's relatively simple you own your own panel you have a service coming into your house and you can and if you have available spaces in your panel and the power is there available okay you basically put another breaker cable and your charger is at the end of course you do it with a qualified with a qualified electrician and the process is relatively simple you don't have to ask permission to anybody else to do it because it's your house in the condominium things are different so it's, uh, it's owned by Uh, more people. So the condominium also doesn't have or may not have all the power that is available once everybody starts plugging their cars. So that's another thing to consider. And other thing to consider is like, if the plug is so far away from your unit from or or from the place where you are, from the meter that your that your unit is using to measure how much electricity you're consuming, if that place is too far away, we ju- it can just increment the costs like crazy. Like the cost can go, as you said, thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. That was something that I stumbled in the first time. I said, well, you know, I know about it. It's re- what is required is a two hundred and forty volt connection, forty amps. Uh, Relatively easy for a uh, level two charger. It's nothing different than uh, uh, than what you use for your electric stove or for uh, a dryer. So I said this should be relatively simple. However, like in the condominiums, because of these things that I just mentioned, um, you need a way to you need a way to basically. Cope with all of these things, like especially the billing. That that's the main question that initially condominium boards, uh, property managers want solved. Okay, how much electricity are you going to be using? How are you going to measure it? And how are you going to pay us back? Okay, so that's the initial thing, and that's where our software comes in. That's where our solution comes in. Like instead of having to literally install. Uh, meters and hundreds of meters of cable or an additional metering service most electric vehicle chargers or electric vehicle station uh, charging stations today they can measure how much electricity the car is consuming when you go uh, because i'm sure you have you have driven driven electric vehicles like you see them in the apps they tell you okay how much kilowatt hours you are consuming at that, at that, at that point or how much your part is consuming at that time. So most uh, hardware in general nowadays has that ability to measure it. So why do you need an, exter- an external meter? Like the external meter is if you really have to go to like a very, a very precise measurement of the electricity, like but most chargers nowadays, they can measure it pretty accurately believe me the difference is not going to be more than a few cents so like at the moment if there is somebody parking and ch- and connecting their car in their parking lot and the outlet that is available there like you have no way to know how much how much electricity that car is consuming so might as well put a device there that allows you to charge it to to measure how much that person is consuming at that moment so uh, that's basically uh, what it is.
0: So what are the steps involved with with your process, with your solution? You know, what does a, a condo owner have to do? Do they reach out to you and then you handle everything dealing with the board, dealing with where it's going to go and the cost uh, on a rental basis, a subscription basis? How does that work?
1: Yes. So it, it is exactly what, what, you, what you described. Like we take care of everything. We know that most people, as I said, they're probably not as technical. So uh, to describe the process more or less, uh, you need to provide and send out an application. And in this application, you have to say uh, where or state basically who you are, your unit number, you have to sign it and also submit a technical drawing. And this technical drawing has to include how are you planning to uh, install this device? And, and of course, you have to do the, the electrical plan of how this is going to be installed. I know it's a 240 volt connection, but it has to consider uh, the standards, the safety standards of uh, of of any electrical connection in the building. Have to follow the uh, the electrical codes in the building. So, if someone doesn't have that knowledge, then of course, this is something that it needs to be done and and reviewed by a professional. So we take care of that part. Um, we take care of that part for the for our customers, and we send this on their behalf to the condominium managers or to the condominium board so that they apply it. And we basically follow the, uh, we follow the process outlined by the Condominium Authority of Ontario and the, and the Ontario regulations that nowadays, if you're an owner that wants to have an electric vehicle installed in your parking space, then you can basically apply for it and they can only deny it to you only if the installation that you're proposing for some reason is in in a violation of the Condominium Act, which we don't see that happening. Um, And also, or if the structural integrity of the building, it's put at risk, which also that's why we do the application in a professional manner. And also if it puts in, possess a health or or a safety risk uh, to the to the condominium or to the building, and it it could diminish the enjoyment of the units. So, we, if only if any of those three reasons appear there, then we would say that the the condominium managers or the condominium board would have to or would be able to um, to deny the application. If not, no. So, we basically take care of that, and our. Our customers, basically, they enroll with us in a subscription, in a monthly subscription base. Uh, they pay by the month. They don't have to go and, and start paying crazy amounts of installation fees, uh, which basically makes it a lot easier. And for us, our goal in general with all of this is to make electric vehicle charging in condominiums and apartment buildings as easy as it is to have internet service, for example.
0: So, Jorge, what are the benefits of your subscription model?
1: One of the biggest benefits that people ask me is that we take care of the upgrades or future upgrades and future proving the technology that uh, of EV in general, EV chargings. Because uh, let's say that right now you have a Hyundai, and or and in two years you had a new Hyundai, but now this new Hyundai comes in with a. A Tesla charger, because this is what every manufacturer is adopting. So you need either a new charger or a new plug. We take care of that for you. So you don't have to worry about having to go again for the whole installation. That is already done. We will upgrade your technology uh, as you change it. Then the other thing is that, for example, one of our clients asked us, um, what if I? What if we are changing to solar panels now in the building, and we want to do a greener building? So will you be able to connect to the feed from there? It's like, yes, definitely. If you're building, if we, if J is already providing EV charging in your building, for sure. Like this is something that we love, and we will definitely help you. Uh, for to future-proof the technology that we have uh, installed in your building, and then the other thing is that like. The benefit of us is that we allow you to grow your charging infrastructure one by one. So you don't have to like start installing 10, 20 chargers at the same time. We go in, we can start with one person and little by little let's start growing your charging infrastructure because it is something that like are also in many other places they ask you to, um, uh, at least install like 20 chargers at this, st- like, initially. But that is like sometimes you don't find 20 people that want to have the, or put the money down to basically uh, install a charger, especially if they're not going to use it. But the one person that needs it really needs it. So and that's how we start.
0: And the rules around building codes and the need to install EV charging stations and condos and apartments are, are up in the air in many communities. Um, so how do you convince builders and the developers to include these new technologies in their mid- building sites uh, moving forward? I would say that I
1: don't think we are the ones that have to kind of convince the builders and the newer, especially the newer uh, buildings that are to include this. I think like right now, the government is pushing a lot to uh, make the builders actually uh, include this um, include the wiring and infrastructure necessary for EV charging in, in all the parking spaces. Cities like Toronto, for example, uh, they have already, there is a city mandate that any new buildings have to include 100% of their parking spaces have to be, 100% of the parking spaces have to be wired to allow electric vehicle charger charging. Um, it is basically something that is going to come. Where we come, for example, with them for the developers and the newer the newer buildings is that we offer them a way to save in the infrastructure cost that required that is required for them to do this. So the, exactly what I was saying initially, we don't with our solution, they don't have to install uh, additional submetering services that go directly to the building. that saves a lot of wiring and, and infrastructure in there right there. Uh, that's one of the things and then the other thing is like the billing yeah uh, the billing basically we take care of it and the our software already brings that information to the whoever property manager and or condominium board that is that is using it we take care of the power so even if they cannot accommodate enough power to supply everybody with they be charging in the building so they just have a a certain amount of the space because they cannot put more transformers. So we said, okay, don't worry. With our software, we're going to manage this power and intelligently like distribute it among the users and and use techniques of like power management, uh, power sharing and demand management in order to send this out where it's actually needed in the building so that everybody's able to charge their cars in the future. So all of these benefits we bring into the table that basically makes it easier for condominium developers to use our, to bring in EV charging for their, for the, to the buildings.
0: Well, what do condo boards need to do um, as we move to an electric future? I'm sure this is going to be a big issue for them moving forward. What do they need to do to improve that process for people who drive EVs?
1: Most of the thing that I do, or I say in a daily or in a, in a daily basis, uh, answer questions from the condominium boards of like, what is required? Uh, they need to know a little bit about what's the infrastructure that they already have available in their buildings. Because sometimes they might already have some infrastructure available that could be repurposed for EV charging. Uh, But there are other cases where the power that is available in the building, yes, it could be sufficient, but there is no distribution. There's no way to distribute that power to everybody. Where they will need probably to invest a little bit more on infrastructure. Um, So, the first thing I would say, learn a little bit about the infrastructure that you have available, uh, and we can basically help you out with that information. Uh, see it if you, you can send us out the, um, uh, the plans, the drawings and everything, and we basically take it from there.
0: How long does it typically take from start to, to finish when you take on a project for you know, an individual in a condominium to, to set this up?
1: The application process is the one that is the lengthiest one. Uh, it depends on the times that the condominium board replies. But usually for us, once we get the application and everything done, it's just uh, a couple of days to three days. And oh, wow. You're up and running with your electric car and charging. So uh, it's relatively easy. As I said, our module is to make EV charging as easy as it is, as, as it is to get internet service today. Like, I don't know if you remember, like, Probably in the '90s, when internet with the fiber optics, fiber optics was just a new thing. Mm-hmm. You had to throw cable to the units yeah. to the apartment yeah. buildings.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was a nightmare. exactly.
1: <laughs> it was a nightmare, and mm. and you had to ask the property manager to come in and you know, and do the whole modification. I think that EV charging nowadays, today we have to put the infrastructure, the new infrastructure server, to come in but EV charging is going to become such a, such a natural thing that we're going to use in our daily lives that there's where we're going. It's going to be a matter of like, hey, I want my charger to be installed. Somebody's going to call us, Jplug, we want our charger to be installed next week because I'm getting my my car delivered next week. Great, perfect, it's done. So
0: um, it unbelievable. has to be like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know some many people that are really frustrated with this process that have bought or in older condos and then have been denied. You know, saying, oh, there's not enough capacity. Well, what do you do then? Are you supposed to sell your EV then? Well, like-
1: <laughs> funny that you say this because um, older condos I have found that actually have more capacity than the newer buildings. Hmm. In some cases, yes. Um, like, for example, there is infrastructure in these older buildings that they used to use for uh, the block heaters, for example. Uh, like the cars needed to be warmed up during the winter. So there is some infrastructure there that could, that can be upgraded fairly simply in a very simple, fast way that could be repurposed for EV charging, for example. So that's, those are one of the things that we have found that these buildings actually have it, but it depends then on who is managing Mm -hmm. the building as well, because I think that is the most, um, nowadays I, I don't think. Either infrastructure or technology are the the harder steps to take, I think, or the barriers right now. The barriers, honestly, I think, are people. People have to educate themselves really not be afraid about this technology because this has been existing for years now. And they just have to ask or research online, hey, this is what is needed for or required for EV charging. And, like, and, and as I said, again, I have seen people uh, in older buildings that have sent me newer, relatively newer bylaws that the condominium boards or, or managers don't want to accept EVs mm-hmm. in their mm-hmm. buildings. And they said they put like ridiculous fines. Like if you plug in your car, we're going to start charging you $30 a day for charging your car. Like that's that's really mm-hmm. that's that's really. I'm sorry to say it, but I think it's a little ridiculous. It is um, because uh, you don't even consume that much, and and then it becomes more expensive than parking your own car in in your parking garage than actually having it or going to park somewhere else. So there is no point. So, anyways, like that is the uh, that is, I think, what we have found in general.
0: And I think you're right. I think when you say education is key, I think that really you hit the nail on the head with that, educating consumers about the process of uh EVs, charging, charging at home, all of that to make it simplified. Because, like I say, from the people that I've spoken to had, who live in condos have had a really difficult process. It seems like you have found that niche to really, mm-hmm. you know, save time, save money, save energy, <laughs> by uh, setting up in the condos that you're definitely filling a, a much uh, needed needs there, that's for sure. What are you looking um, forward to when it comes to the next thing for your company? What are you working on now?
1: In general development, what we are looking is to integrate as many uh, manufacturers or charging station manufacturers that are around because um, we believe that using communications protocol or open communications protocol uh, commun- for communications also allows the people to choose what EV charger or what charging station they want to use. So that is one of the things. Also, uh, it, it gives the opportunity to more people to basically connect and develop other solutions in general, with uh, comes, comes with EVs. For us... What is now, what we want to do is is start providing EV charging to as many people as possible uh, that are living in condominiums and that want to drive electric. Um, We want to have one of of our chargers in every building in the city and then basically move to other cities around the country. And why not internationally as well?
0: I think it's a brilliant idea. Now, what uh, final words of advice do you have for entrepreneurs who are, you know, looking at making a difference in this ever-evolving uh, EV space?
1: I would say uh, from wherever you guys are, it's <laughs> there is more entrepreneurship needed in the EV space and, and not just in EV space, in the clean tech environment. I think uh, there is not enough and we really have to do something um, to take care of us of the of the place or the, of this planet that we that where we live in, transportation. I think it's uh, me. It's not just me saying it. You see it in the statistics Canada side. Uh, transportation is the one the the thing that contributes the most to greenhouse emissions around the country. Um, so if it and that basically is what causes climate change. So we need to really put on our heads and efforts to do this. So more entrepreneur. More entrepreneurships uh, in this space is definitely needed. I would say hang in there to entrepreneurs, (laughs) hang in there. It's not a right now. The world is changing and every change and every change takes effort. Uh, It's a big mountain, but and time. So, but once we move basically to, uh, to this, then it's just going to be, I think it, it will be easier for everybody.
0: What does the future of mobility and transportation look like to you? Is it a future of, you know, shared uh, electric vehicles, flying cars? <laughs> I'm curious, as, as even your background as an aerospace engineer, you know, what do you see it as?
1: I had a couple of companies before in the drone uh, space. Before, 10 years ago, my dream was like, ah, I, th- I think everybody will have a drone in the next 10 years, everyone. But that didn't happen. I think that everybody will have an electric car in the next 10 years, for sure. What I see is, yes, I see this shared electric cars, shared mobility uh happening everywhere. There is, I think, the very promising projects about um electric aircraft also that will help decongest the cities around. So I do see... Things mm. moving definitely towards more electrification and people getting more used to basically moving in a more cleaner, sustainable way. And when it comes to charging, I actually think that everybody is going to be able to charge anywhere they go, Um like especially at home, because if you if you see the statistics, everyone that has an electric car will basically charge us at home 80% of the time. So if you have a detached house, if you live in a condo, you should be able to charge at home because that is the place where you actually see the benefits of owning an electric car.
0: Absolutely. And the charging is so much easier when you're doing it overnight at home, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, it... yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Jorge, this has been a fascinating discussion. It has been a great pleasure to chat with you today. Thanks for helping us understand more about a whole other side of the EV charging conversation. It's been great to have you with us. And we're grateful to our listeners for tuning in too. Thank you. Thank you too. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Invested in Our New Reality. We're committed to bringing you engaging and informative discussions with business leaders who are transforming the future. Stay tuned for our next conversation and be sure to reach out to us at InvestOttawa.ca with your thoughts and comments. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, though, I'm Petrina Gentile. Stay well.